But, you know, guys, look, we're focusing on music today in light of how we turn it toward the Lord, you know, and how we worship Him. And let me just start by saying that that music is hugely controversial in Christian circles. It is not. <laughs> it is yeah, so yeah. covered. It's, it's so controversial, yeah. and it's weird. I mean, I wonder what the world thinks when they look in on us. Like, what? What are you guys talking about? It's you so know? subjective. You know, yeah. we all have our own perspective when it comes to what's good in music and what's bad. Yeah, and then you have the whole issue of instruments, no instruments, yeah. hymns, you know, no hymns. It's got to be, if you play instruments, you can't play these kinds of instruments. You can't use this kind of tempo. No you can't, drums. No, yeah, I mean, it just, it becomes this... You Have know, you seen the compromise? Many churches put the drummer in a little plastic container. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and seal them in there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But man, worship is such a gift. I think it was our pastor, Mark, who had said that Christianity is unique in that it is a singing faith. You know, you have a lot of different religions around the world that'll chant and, and you wail. do different things like that. But what? They wail. Oh, <laughs> and stuff right. like that. It's not really music. Uh, but, you know, within the faith, there is such a beauty in that there's a singing faith. Yeah. It's an expression of our worship toward the Lord and this great gift that he's given us. Oh, how my life has forever changed. Just one thing, one little simple thing that popped in my mind, I got it, and I'm transformed forever. Towel dryer. Towel dryer? Oh. You mean a towel heater? Oh. I've had one for years. What? I've had one for about 15 years. Stop you it. You think I'd ever live without a towel heater? Yeah, a <laughs> towel gets heated up. You just reach out and grab, and it's all Are warm you and serious? Fuzzy. Wait, so when I'm you get serious. out of the shower, I had no warm? idea. Forget the warmth. Okay, I like the warmth. That's really nice. That's made for comfort. But I'm talking about, especially in the winter, right? You put your, you know, you shower, you put your towel up on the, the hanger or, or the uh, hook or whatever. I have a maid that holds it for me the whole time. Oh, yes. <laughs> Maidita taulita holdingita. So you go to shower the next day and your towel's not fully dry. It's still a bit damp. You guys ever experienced that? The next day? Yeah. Oh. Well, that happens to me. Anyway. So every the, month you go back to have a shower. <laughs> the thought popped into my mind, and uh, Rachel ordered one, and it is the most glorious They're only about thing in the 30 world. bucks. They're really good. Well, I didn't get the cheap one like you. How <laughs> <laughs> can it be? No, I mean, it was quality. about like 70 bucks, 80 yeah. bucks or something. Oh, this, I got mine 15 years but, ago when they were cheap. You, oh, you yeah. I don't get it. Inflation. It's just in your So listen, it's bathroom? just a thing. It's plugged in, and it's just like. It's curved. It's, yeah, it's curved metal things, and you just you just hang your towel on it. And you turn it on and it dries it. And it, it's glorious. And if you want to warm it, you can do that too. Are yes, you, by are the you, way, Living Waters has these available. <laughs> <laughs> we should sell them. Mark, you don't have one? I've never heard of it. Oscar, oh, you guys, it'll change your you. life. Are you that as seen on TV, Dad, where you like have all of this stuff at your house? That- yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it piles up. You're the as seen on TV I'm guy, very, right? Very, very gullible. <laughs> Ray orders everything. I, I just can't help Does it. Does he really? Oh, oh, everything. so easy. I, like, and so you get great. stuff that looks like Christmas every day. Oops, I mentioned Christmas. We're going to get a lot of people upset. I love those commercials, though, like that they do where, where it's like, 
this thing is going to change your life. Like they show the person all miserable. And, and then, oh yeah, they show in <laughs> black and white. They show in black and white. Yeah. And she cannot get the stuff off a fry pan. <laughs> She's <laughs> just in the, you know, just scraping bulldozers. And, <laughs> uh, and then with their new shiny fry pan, off it comes. Yeah. So happy. And if you well call now, universe. you get two. If you call yeah. within two minutes, you get six. <laughs> For eight easy payments at forty nine ninety nine. So just, wait, there's more. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So the towel dryer and the other thing that changed my life, Oh, guys, if you don't have this, feathered pillows. Had that, what, 30 years ago? Yeah. Feathered, feathered, feathered <laughs> pillows. What, why? You don't have a feather pillow, right? No, no, they're too hot for me. They oh, generate crazy. heat. It just keeps squawking, though. It's really I was going to say, you've got real birds in there. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, I, I, for years and years and years, I, I'd have a kink in my neck all the time. Mm. Got a feather pillow, changed my life. And living, living Waters has feathered pillows. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, what else, easy you know what else Living Waters sells now? It's beds that come with a hole. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? What, that changed what, Ray Comfort's life. What kind of insane human being would ever sleep in a bed with a hole in it? Hey, hey, someone hey. would cut it out on purpose. I got a hole in my bed. Ray, tell the people. Ray, tell the people. When I was about eighteen, I went to a chiropractor somewhere, and he told me I had something called spondylolisthesis. What? That is three million Americans up, right? have got it. It's a weakness in the lower spine. And he said, just be careful what you lift. I said, you mean I have to refrain from gardening and stuff like that? He said, <laughs> yes. I said, oh, wonderful. Anyway, Give me um, some of that. about oh, five or six years ago, I found when I got out of bed, I just about collapsed just with a with the pain of it. And I figured that the, it was pressure on my spine. So I went and got a really sharp carving knife and cut a hole in the mattress. It's about nine inches deep and about a foot wide. And so that my hindermost part actually goes into that area, like the little Grand Canyon, and I had no pain ever since that. You my don't back, still do it, though, do my, you? Yeah. My back is 100%, has been for years. Ray, how do you sleep in a hole? And no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeps in a hole. Yeah, my wife calls out, me okay down there? <laughs> Unbelievable. It really Only does Ray work, comfort. though. Yeah. All right, friends. Today we're going to be talking about the power of hymns, hymnas, and worship uh, music. Transgender stuff, hymns and hers. Should we? Yeah, I don't think no. I should say the word. <laughs> you know, isn't that weird though? When you think about words, like why do we just accept that? If, I, if we said hers, we're gonna sing some hers, some hers, some hers. It'd be weird, but we call the it etymology hymns. of words. Mm. But before we jump in, friends, I just I want to read this wonderful comment Is from Jude Stersaurus. <laughs> oh, That's what it says, Jude Stersaurus. You know who you are. This came in through the Apple Podcast platform. Uh, They said, blessing from God about the podcast. This is the only podcast I listen to these days. I started with their show on God's holiness and wrath. I listened to it exactly when I needed it, when I was struggling in my faith and asking God to lead me to repentance, but not able to find godly sorrow. Through their shows, it led me to know to more knowledge of God and opened my eyes and spirit to his wrath, justice, and holiness, which led me to his love and mercy. Thank you, guys. You are changing lives. Has he got the right podcast? Yeah, I was gonna say that choked hey, so me up. He's about teared up. Yeah, I did. That that I mean, because look, you know, we sit in here, we're just buffoons. So At least you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> we and, just uh, about listen, holes hang in your on, guys. This buffoon, but it sounds a little evolutionary. So be careful. Yeah, be careful of the buffoonery. But you know what I'm saying? Oh, baboons! I get it. But seriously, though, people people being impacted and God using us. This is what it's all about. So thank you, friend. Juder Strauss first. Can't read your name, but you hey, blessed see, us today. Just seeing you tear up made me tear up. Did you? Yeah. I Are just you guys tearing up? I Is this like the yawn effect? So beautiful. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Fake tears. 
fake tears. <laughs> yeah, you know what, I'm going to do was? something that I, I normally don't do, but to, I want to encourage you guys technology. to, in light of what we're talking about today, worship Ray's book, Made in Heaven, Man's Indiscriminate Stealing of God's Amazing Design. Great book. Um, oh, talk about evoking worship in your heart. Yeah. You can check it out at livingwaters.com and a lot of other resources. Guys, we do shameless plugs because uh, we want people to get equipped. So. Well, we don't do all of Ray's material. We only do the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we do like two or three items. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Keep them on repeat. All right. So, guys, today we're talking about the power of hymns and worship music. First of all, how amazing is music? What yeah. is it? Like, I, I'm on this thing lately where I'm like stepping back and going, what in the world is that? I mean, sounds that somehow make sense. I mean, you want to talk about the reality of God being manifested. You just look at the harmony, pardon the pun, within music. I mean, it it makes sense. You can't just, you know the difference between... And, hey, you're getting better. Bong, bong, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> oh, boy. Was that, was that your attempt to go from, like, bad to yes. good? Yes. <laughs> hey, hey what here's two, ex- two examples of bad. <laughs> oh, that was glorious. But, no, I mean, look, my grandson now, Haddon, he's one, and we play music, and he starts to dance. Yeah, right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't watch us dancing. He didn't – it just – he just – it's just amazing. What you, is it? You make a really good point. And what's amazing is that uh, as we read people who talk about anthropology, they try to determine the impact of music and where it comes from. And they do a really good job of showing how it unifies us, how it indoctrinates us into truths, yeah. how it brings us joy. But they never talk about why. Mm. Why does it do it? And it's this incredible gift by God yeah. given to us. And what's amazing is we see it in the first pages of scripture. Mm. The first thing that Adam does when he sees Eve, the first song ever, he sings a song, a poem to her. Mm. And then at the Enlighten it, oh, me. Sing it. <laughs> bone of my bones. I'm oh. not going to sing it though. Oh, bone uh, of my bone, a flesh of my flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? It sounded better to a ball, by the way. Adam started doing like a country song. Uh, uh, bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh. <laughs> <laughs> he just says, whoa, man. <laughs> Easy doing the more reverb. <laughs> Adam's version was pre-fall, so it was a lot better than that. Yeah, sure uh, was. So we see the first song right there in the earliest pages before the fall. All throughout the scriptures, We've got the Psalms and other music. David was a musician. And in Revelation, it ends in this celebration. And in Daniel, it talks about how tribes will bring their own instruments into into heaven and play a unified song together. And so music is embedded into the fabric of creation, and it is meant to bring us joy and that's just a simple, gracious gift from God. Do you know, familiarity brings contempt. We tend to take things for granted. That every morning begins with music. If you've got an ear to listen to it, every bird just mm. sing praises to yeah. God. Right. Um, and they sing with the complexities of a concerto, but it's just absolutely beautiful. And, yeah. and you think you think about the complexity of how birds sing, 
Animals don't have what man has in the sense my dog never seems to tap his foot to a beat. Right. You talked about our grand- yeah. great-grandson uh, tapping his foot to a beat, but my dog doesn't, although there are parrots that do. I don't know if you've seen videos oh, yeah. of parrots. They're in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they do it, and you think, no, no, it's coincidence. Then after 20 minutes, you think, no, no, this bird knows what it's doing. You yeah. know, it's you know there's a, a hymn in 1931 by a woman named Eleanor Furian, and the hymn is called Morning Has Broken, and this is exactly uh, what you're talking about. I have an alarm set on my phone that is nothing but birds. That's what wakes me up every morning. Really? And then when I turn that off, I hear all the birds mm. outside of my window. You know what they're saying? I say, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this hymn that she wrote, uh, it says, Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing. Praise for the morning. Praise for them springing fresh from the word, referring to the word of God. Sweet. The rain's new fall, sunlit from heaven, like the first dew fall on the first grass, praise for the sweetness of the wet garden. You know that's a famous song. Yeah. Oh, good. Wow. That's so Do you know powerful. who sang it? MC Hammer. No. <laughs> Do you uh, want to sing it for us? No, but it's absolutely beautiful. Easy could sing it. Do you know how it goes? Oh, he doesn't have to. No, Cat, Cat Stevens made it famous back yes. about 50 years ago, 60 years ago. It's just really? beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It's amazing, you know, with some of these songs that – were from bygone days and then some current artists revives them and everyone thinks it's that artist's yeah, song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. Yeah. But, you know, guys, look, we're focusing on music today in light of how we turn it toward the Lord, you know, and how we worship Him. And let me just start by saying that that music is hugely controversial in Christian circles. It is not. <laughs> it is so covered. It's so controversial, yeah. and it's weird. I mean, I wonder what the world thinks when they look in on us. Like, what? What are you guys talking about? It's so know? subjective. You yeah. know, we all have our own perspective when it comes to what's good in music and what's bad. Yeah, and then you have the whole issue of instruments, no instruments, yeah. hymns, you know, no hymns. It's got to be, if you play instruments, you can't play these kinds of instruments. You can't use this kind of tempo. No you can't, drums. No Yeah, I mean, it just, it becomes this... You have know. you seen the compromise? Many churches put the drummer in a little plastic container. <laughs> <laughs> and seal them in there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But man, worship is such a gift. I think it was our pastor, Mark, who had said that Christianity is unique in that it is a singing faith. You know, you have a lot of different religions around the world that'll chant and, and you wail. do different things like that. But what? They wail. <laughs> and stuff right. like that. It's not really music. Uh, but, you know, within the faith, there is such a beauty in that there's a singing faith. Yeah. It's an expression of our worship toward the Lord and this great gift that he's given us. So can Christians enjoy secular music? Can they enjoy it? Yeah. Sure, I, I think I, I think it depends on what it is. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think that's a secular Do you ever listen Christian to a, thing? like Mozart? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Do you know Mozart that. said to his secretary, you inspire me? And she said, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Crazy, right? Ray, I think you had too much cough syrup this yeah. morning. <laughs> uh, what was it? Um, no, there's that song that you and I love, Ray. Um, Fly, Robin, Fly? No. Pa- Pavarotti, no, no. or no, what was his name? Um, uh, um, you know what I'm talking about. There's, uh, it's, oh! it's, it's, I can't do it. Uh, we were in Las Vegas filming one of our television programs back about 2006, 
in front of the the, the uh, big hotel that has those fountains. Oh, going with the up. water, the dancing water, yeah, dancing the Bellagio, water. And, and the Bellagio. Was, yeah, Bellagio, and there was music that just made me melt. It was yeah. so beautiful. I didn't know what it was until two years later. I think you know the song I'm talking about. It's, it's, uh, it is time to say goodbye. That's is, one as is well. That song that we heard in in Las Vegas. That's there's another beautiful. one. Oh, I anyway. want to take a stab at your question. Can we enjoy secular music? Because uh, I think it's an important question to ask. Yeah. And the short answer, I think, is yes. But let me explain why. First, we have to preface that there are some unredeemable aspects of man's art. There are yeah. some songs and some films that it's just, it doesn't make sense to listen to as a Christian. And I can think of a band, full bands that I used to love. And then when I became a believer, I'd go back and listen to the music and I just could not do it. However, those, those moments aside where the song is, is blatantly sinful, C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says that, Every great story is a great story because it points back or reminds us of the one true story of the gospel. And his thought was that since God's truths are written on our hearts, that even non-believers, like a, like a blind squirrel, even non-believers can create something that speaks to the truth and beauty and goodness of the world around us. And yeah. so there are music, there are paintings, there are art out there that that isn't distinctly christian but that you and i can enjoy because of god's common grace yeah but then there are ones that are that are rejectable yeah. that are just simply abhorrent right. to god's eyes and ears yeah and i think you know again this is such a controversial issue but it's so important that we talk about it because um i know it's a it's a bit of a tangent because our focus is really worship but but it's i think it's applicable in some way but it's so important as believers that we come to places of conviction on things like this, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree with what you're saying, Oscar, in terms of the, the fact that we can find beauty in things, but we have to be discerning too. The thing with music that I find distinct is, as an example, like a movie. Let's say you watch a movie. You may watch this movie once, twice, five, maybe 10 times. I mean, someone says, I've watched a movie 20 times. You're looking at them sideways like, dude, you got problems, right? Unless it's 180. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but with music, though, it's not uncommon that a person will listen to a given song maybe hundreds, if not a thousand times, let's say, or more, right? In a lifetime. So this is why it's important to exercise discernment in these areas. You know, um, there is a lot of music out there that Christians, I will say, emphatically should not be listening to, like you said, Oscar, you know, that is dishonoring to the Lord, that is full of worldly themes. And these things get into our hearts and in our minds, you know? And and so we all come to different places. Like on a personal level, myself, I choose not to listen to secular music by and large. Not that I'll never like hear a song or listen to it or want to check something out or be touched by something. It's not like that. It's just a decision I've consciously made as a personal conviction that with how much Music gets ingrained into us, and it contains words. And what happens? You know, sometimes you'll be going through a day, and you'll realize I've been this song has been playing in the back of my mind all day. And I didn't even realize it. You know, it's a small world. Yeah. Oh. But How's that I, I choose to input into my mind the kinds of songs that are going to rise up and they're going to turn my gaze toward the Lord. You know. So anyway, the point is, is we all need to come to our own convictions on these things and and do it. Uh, and with freedom of conscience before the Lord. Yeah, I can. There's certain secular music that turns me to the Lord. Like, uh, there's, have you heard of Kachachirian? No. He's a composer, mm-hmm. and he wrote a song or song music uh, called Spartacus, wow. and and the, it's the theme to the Eden line, and it is just 
makes me think of the same. Does it have economy. words? No. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm talking primarily for me music with words. The, the that, title that has, The title has words. Oh, forget it! <laughs> <laughs> How dare it have words? So anyway, but here's the thing. Now turning to, to modern worship and and also hymns and stuff like that. Wouldn't you guys say that Christian music has radically degenerated, like worship music? versus the hymns of old. Well, I, I want to bring that up, and it was going to make me feel aged, but yeah, I just feel as though so many uh, modern Christian worship songs are the same song. It just yeah. sounds like strumming, oh. and just and, and the words have got no depth to them, and I actually sometimes turn, turn down so I don't have to listen to them because yeah. there's just nothing to them. Hey, listener. Have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has $100. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Yeah, we talk about the word uh, worship, but I think we are perhaps taking it for granted what that word even means. Yeah, what does it mean, right? Mark? Well, that's, thank us. you for asking. Right, please tell us. Uh, the biblical, true biblical definition is to kneel down, to bow down before, to show reverence. And I see the world do that with secular music. You go to a concert and people are closing their eyes and you have people lifting up their hands and people yeah. having gestures. Yeah. So the secular world, they worship and they're worshiping to whatever it is that they think is going to bring them kind of peace and prosperity. Uh, For for the Christian, that need not be the case to that degree, right? We worship the Lord. What do I prefer inside of a church, right? Inside of a church, I prefer more music that is adoration, that is towards God. That's worship. If we're going to say we're going to have some worship songs, well, then by true definition, you're going to be talking about the Lord, Right, it's not going to be about us. Wash over me. Nothing wrong with saying wash over me and cleanse me and sanctify me. No, but that's not worship. Find a refine this fire, shouldn't we? Right? Can you but, sing that right now? Or no. Right? Yeah. Sorry, let Mark. me let me try to add to that, Mark. In that, if I if I go and write my wife a song, I'm gonna I'm gonna be an intentional husband and use words that I know that sh- that is going to lift her up. Words that she wants to hear. That she's going to enjoy. I'm not going to write a song for myself. If I'm writing a song for my wife, I'm not going to write a song that's like, this is going to make me feel really good. This is going to be all about me. I'm going to talk about my emotions and how it lifts me up, right? I mean, there's definitely going to be a relational aspect about how my wife affects me, but ultimately it's going to be about her because it's a song to her. So that's worship music, not petitional music. Right? There's just a difference. We can't say that we're going to have some worship songs now and then it be all petitional, yeah. make it about us. Right. And I think a lot of people don't, uh, don't think through that. And, you know, you're talking easy about the repetitive nature 
of music in the secular world. But we also see that inside the church today, where we will repeat a lyric over and over and over and over again, and it becomes hypnotic, Yeah, where we are, even at times, not even thinking about what we're saying. And most people, as Owen Strand says, when they enter into a time of worship congregationally, they're kind of whispering underneath their breath, that there's no true koinonia fellowship gathering together to exalt, extol, and lift up the name and the character of God. Because really, that's what is needed. When somebody's going through something, a trial, a persecution of some sort, they need to get away from the mirror, and they need to extol God. They need to open up the Word of God with pen and journal, ready to write, and put it back on Him. Because when you do that, everything begins to fall back into place and make sense of why we're here. Yeah, and I want to clarify, because uh, you used the, the word repetition. Not all repetition is bad. The oldest hymns have choruses but those the, the the repetitious nature of a hymnal chorus is meant to catechize those truths in their hearts versus the sort of you use the word hypnotic I, that's a great way of describing some of the modern way that there's like hypnotic rep- repetition over and over again for 5 minutes on on a bridge in a song and yeah. it's just it loses its its meaning and its value and it becomes uh, hyper emotional only right not that music isn't emotional but when it's only emotional and not to God, it starts to move away from him. Augustine, if, if you don't mind, Augustine, Augustine? Uh, said this. No, that's his Jewish brother. Augustine. Uh, Augustine, in his commentary on Psalm 148, defines worship music like this. He says, know what a hymn is? It is a song with praise of God. If you praise God and do not sing, you do not utter a hymn. If you sing and do not praise God, you do not utter a hymn. If you praise anything else which pertains not to the praise of God, although you sing in praise, you utter no hymn. A hymn then contains these three things, song, praise, and that of God. Praise then of God in song is called a hymn. Wow. So Jesus sung hymns with his disciples, we see, and then scriptures exhort us to um, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. The thing that comes to my mind is the incredible... And the power of the memory and what music can do with a memory. I can be having a reading, reading the Bible, and I come to a verse, an obscure verse in Psalms, and I know that whole passage because I learned it in song 40 years ago. Yeah. It immediately comes oh, to mind. Yeah. There's no trouble. It's a trigger of the memory. Right. Pretty easy. You can't put the whole Bible into song. Oh, Don't that's my them. dream. Well, I've worked on part of, you know, at least in rhyme form. You know, rhyme, and that's a lot of what songs contain, too. It, it just does something. You've it done the Gospel you. of John and right. Hey, start um, it off. Matthew. Um, Matthew, sorry. Some of it. Yeah, I'm not done with it. But yeah, like Matthew 1, Savior. It's Matthew 1. Uh, the, wait, what? Just go ahead and say it to us. Oh, wow. <laughs> just repeat it. God, now I can't remember. <laughs> start with Matthew, Matthew 1. 1, the family tree, the Savior's genealogy. Then Joseph heard angel's word and every prophecy occurred. Jesus, through his virgin birth, can now redeem this fallen earth. Matthew 2, the Magi travel farther, led to Christ by Eastern Star. And Herod, frightened by this news, attempts to slay the king of Jews. Flee to Egypt, angel said. Then come back home. When Herod's dead, he sought to kill the Christ and tried, but in the end, he vainly died. As the family returned, they fled to Nazareth, concerned. They knew for God had made it known that Herod's son sat on his throne. You know, so like that, that was Matthew 1? Matthew 1 and 2. And that was easy. Matthew 3, John fulfills the word. He cries out loudly and is heard. Then his baptism begins to wash away the people's sins. The hypocrites had come there too, yet John forewarns them to be true. He spoke of Christ and realized that he had come to be baptized. Matthew 4, the devil prowls about. He tempts to try to make him doubt. Jesus fought with mighty clout. Three blows of Satan's nose. Knockout. 
<laughs> the whole Bible in three minutes by meals. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you know it does. It gets in your mind. It helps you remember things. Boy, your trigger got pushed at the right moment, that, didn't it? But look at how the brain works. Yeah. Like poof, it's just there. Anyway, what you guys are talking about here, Mark, about some of the just the, the way that music is today, just like sermons, I think Christian music in whatever generation is a reflection of where the church is at. You know, when we hear psychology-based and kind of inspirational pep talk type sermons, it's because they're gleaning from the, from the culture. The same thing with music. I'm actually working on a sermon right now called Five Ways You Can Be Really Awesome. Oh, talking about me in there, huh? Uh, James Montgomery Boyce said this. He said, the great hymns of the church are on the way out. They are not gone entirely, but they are going and in their place have come trite jingles that have more in common with contemporary advertising ditties than the Psalms. The problem here is not so much the style of the music, though trite words fit best with trite tunes and harmonies. Rather, it is with the content of the songs. The old hymns express the theology of the Bible in profound and perceptive ways and with winsome, memorable language. Today's songs are focused on ourselves. They reflect our shallow or non-existent theology and do almost nothing to elevate our thoughts about God. Worst of all are songs that merely repeat a trite idea, word, or phrase over and over again. Songs like this are not worship, though they may give the churchgoer a religious feeling. They are mantras, which belong more in a gathering of new agers than among the worshiping people Boy, of God. Boy, that's good. Woo! Right? I mean, what a way to articulate that. You think of... Uh... Charles Wesley's hymns, they've just got so much depth. Oh, for oh. a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. Oh, Other yeah. songs, uh, mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me at Calvary. Just beautiful stuff. So uh, this is probably a good time to ask, what, what hymns or worship songs are, uh, are you guys listening to lately or, or go-to songs for you in the season of your life? You know what has kind of uh, just changed my life is Spotify. Yeah. Because it's not just, the, the cool thing about it is it's not just finding an album. Like my go-to band is Shane and Shane. Yeah. I've been to, I think, six of their concerts now. We've had them at our church two or three times. They're I've brothers, been, right? Yeah. Uh, no, they're <laughs> <laughs> Made it easier for the parents to remember their names. Call them both Shane. Uh, Shane and Shane. And they, they sing through the Psalms uh, for the most part. And it is my go-to thing, go-to band. But Spotify... What they've done is they've allowed people like you and I to find their favorite song and their favorite genre, put together in their own album, and make that available to other people to be able to listen to. And I found some amazing hymns that are uh, available in there. And you could even watch uh, videos. Uh, it just depends how you organize uh, the folder. One, one of my favorite songs that I, that I love, that I had uh, sang at my uh, birthday party, is It Is Well. Oh, yeah. So, it is well. Yeah, we right? know where it came from. It's heartbreaking. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. What, what is the history behind it? I, I have it here. Um, oh, I, I, I would just guess by memory, but a, a brother was going across and he stopped and wrote that song where his family died and drowned. Yes. In the Atlantic yeah. Ocean. That, that is right. I... I if you don't have it, Mark, I have it here. I want. Yeah, I go ahead. I, I, we, I have it as well, but go ahead. Uh, this was, uh, boy, I, as I read it this morning, I just kind of lost it because, yeah. whew. He's, he's um, going to break his record for the amount of times he cries in one episode. I know, man. It's crazy. 
Horatio Spafford knew something about life's unexpected challenges. He was a successful attorney and real estate investor who lost a fortune in the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Around the same time, his beloved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Thinking a vacation would do his family some good, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business at home. However, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio Spafford's precious daughters. His wife, his wife Anne survived the tragedy. Upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram to her husband that began, Saved alone. What shall I do? What shall I do? Do you want me to take over? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during the voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck the Spafford family, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were now passing over the spot where the shipwreck had occurred. Mm. As Horatio thought about his daughter's words of comfort and hope filled his heart and mind, he wrote them down, and they since became the well-beloved hymn. <sighs> so that's got a bit of sweet, that, that hymn, when I sing it, mm. it's bittersweet because I know the well that it was drawn from. Yeah, it's just, so we're just gonna have you, a moment. you think of those words, you know, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. I mean, it just goes on, but, um, you know, I'm just moved because, I mean, this is what this is what it comes down to. You know, we talk about worship and singing songs, and but it, at the end of the day, it comes down to a heart that is enamored with God. You know, a heart who in the in the midst of losing your four children and you're moving over the spot where they died and you can write a hymn in that moment, you know, in worship of the Lord. Just what a testimony to the to faith in God, to trusting yeah. Him no matter what. Yeah. Wow. So can I share something about the power of music? We got time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right then. Yeah. I remember years ago when I was an assistant pastor, I organized a, a night to watch a movie. We used to have 16 millimeter movies that I got from the Moody Bible Institute, and I hadn't checked this movie out. And we had 200 people in a hall, including a stack of children, and we just turned the movie on because it was Moody Bible Institute, so I trusted what they'd given us. And as it began, it was horrifying. Really? One of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. It was a graveyard. It was dark. The music was just horrific, and you could see these feet going through this graveyard and in the darkness that came up to a guy's face and as you got to the guy's face he said boo like that <laughs> and he says we want to tell you about the power of music so let's watch that scene again the graveyard scene again but this time with different music and this time they played band music and oh, everyone in the room laughed at what they saw because music has the power to dictate the spirit yeah and that's why it's so wrong to use emotional music at altar calls to try mm. and draw people out to make a decision for Jesus and come to him just let it be cold and dry because you can you can move mountains with music you think of any movie that's come out without a musical score it just doesn't happen think of star wars without the it's music its yeah. just silly <laughs> but that music just john williams just yeah john williams just brings you brings you out of yourself and and I love the legitimate use of music to stir the human emotions. Yeah. I just, as long as it's legitimate and not, not manipulative. Yeah. yeah. You know, you guys were asking about 
hymns and songs and whatever that, that touch us. But one of my absolute favorite hymns is The Love of God. It's by Frederick Lehman. This was written back in 1917. And again, talk about old songs being popularized. This was popularized by the Gaithers and Mercy Me. But listen to these words. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The wandering child is reconciled by God's beloved son, the aching soul again made whole and priceless pardon won. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. When ancient times shall pass away and human thrones and kingdoms fall, when those who here refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure, all measureless and strong. Grace will resound the whole earth round, the saints and angels' song. And then this, oh, my favorite part right here. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stock on earth a quill, and every one a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Wow, that is just so beautiful. I mean, contrast that with, and Lord, you love me, yeah, you love me. You know, I mean, it's like, wow. Yeah. I, uh, I think I've told this story before, so I apologize if, if you've heard me say it. But when I first became a Christian, I, I couldn't stand Christian music. But I just wasn't exposed to the good stuff because all, all of the stuff that we're talking about is normally what you hear on the radio. You know, it's what you hear when you walk into churches. And I remember I walked into this bookstore. It's not even around anymore. Sunshine Bookstore, remember them? No. It's a Christian book, bookstore. I can't remember bookstore. So uh, I walked into this bookstore and, bookstore and they had the CD section. And I remember walking up and... They had them categorized by if you like. So it was like, oh, if yeah. you like Coldplay, <laughs> if you oh, like no. you too, then you'll like. If you like, and I was like, it's like a confession that the music is just a derivative of somebody yeah. else's music. You know, it was really discouraging. But by the grace of God, I did find some beautiful music out there, traditional hymns, which you've talked about, but even newer stuff. I, I showed you that song, Where Were You, on our, on our road trip. And, oh, yeah. uh, that's one that's, and the thing about music is that sometimes, like I mentioned earlier, it works to catechize our hearts with truths. And other times a great hymn or worship song is written in a way that expresses the belief in something that you can't otherwise mm-hmm. proclaim. And that's where, where were you is, I, I want to show you a couple of lines with you guys. Yeah, It starts out like this. I said, God, I do not understand this world. Everything is dying and broken. Why do I see nothing but suffering? God, I'm asking, could this be your plan? Sin has taken hold of this whole land. Will you not say anything else to me? He said, where were you the day that I measured? Sunk the banks and stretched the line over all the earth and carved out its cornerstone. And the song goes on and on. It's basically repeating Job where God's like, where were you? And it kind of crescendos at the very end. He says, Can you raise your voice? This is God speaking. Can you raise your voice to the storm cloud? Would the thunder answer and ring out? Does the lightning ask you where it should strike? Who has cleft the channels for torrents, rain to sprout the desert with forest in the wilderness that my hand has built? Can you hunt the prey for your lions? Can you use the cords of Orion? Is this whole world bending beneath your will? And then there's this long pause in the song. And the guy comes back talking to God. He says, I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me 
although I had no right to ask, my God knelt and answered me. Hmm. <laughs> I remember we were listening to that on the way back from from skiing, and yeah, I'd never heard it before. Obviously, you know, it's I'm familiar with the passage in yeah. Job that it's it's uh, written about, but. Oh, I love that, Mark. You said Shane and Shane. I I love Shane and Shane. They're they're they've been Rachel's favorite forever, and I've liked them, but I've grown to like them more. Why do you like them so much? Well, easy it, to spell. It's easier to spell. <laughs> it's um, easy to remember. For one, right? It doesn't have that repetitive nature, and they just <laughs> their they, name does. They, yeah. they, <laughs> <laughs> the non-repetitive Shane and Shane. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, they they stick to scripture. Yeah, they they sing scripture, which is really great because you can't go wrong, you know, yeah. with that. You know, we were listening to—I uh, don't think we have time to play it, but we were listening to a song before this called "The Worship Song." Yeah, we have time. Hit it. Song. <laughs> go on. Hit it. Hit it. Do you, go on. Yeah, play a little bit of it. I, just, I just loved it. All right. So this is called "The Worship Song," song by Random Action Verb, and, and it's a parody. Yeah, it's a parody. First verse, the worship song, song. The words are simple, so sing along. Uh, I am terrible, but he is able. It's incredible. Hope the song's relatable. Life's got me down. I'm at the end of my rules. Here's an out of context Bible verse about hope. This is the chorus. That's good, Mark. Oh man! <laughs> you know, this, this, I is, just, this is the chorus. Oh, man. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that sometimes makes life worth living. You know? Yeah, it's when like someone, a, it's, it's a release of like yeah, oh, when someone yes. can capture in yes. humor something that's just irritating. You know, yeah. there, then comes a solo by the female artist, and she says, "I'm a rich blonde female <laughs> singing about how I fail." Uh, things are bad again. Things are bad again. I'm struggling. I'm a total mess. My life's a train wreck. Uh, I'm pure garbage. I need him again. I'm whole again. Yeah. So it goes. Yeah. It's just so so funny. Yeah. I mean, I I do thank God for some some more modern musicians in the Christian world that are bringing substance, you know, like we talked about Shane and Shane, the Gettys. And again, for yep. those of you listening, I know some of you are like, well, what can I listen to? What's some good stuff? The, the Gettys are amazing. Uh, Keith and Christian Getty, they're a couple. Uh, we've had them over to our church and, uh, and they've, they've done amazing things. I mean, they, they revived a, a, a famous hymn of old, In Christ Alone. It was written by uh, Adrian Camp back in the day. But listen to, to these words, In Christ Alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. And it goes on, you know, but but just those those powerful words that again uh remind us of of who God is. I mean, deep theology. Uh, you know, Ray, you mentioned um Charles Wesley. Talk about a gift to the church. Yeah, I mean, you know, John Wesley is the one that that's more famous in terms of the revivalists, but yeah. 
But Charles Wesley, his brother, man. That, Wasn't that, it like a psalm every other day? Yeah. Oh, so how how many? He, there were thousands of hymns. So many. And deep. Again, we'll read a little bit of this. This is, and can it be that I should gain? Uh, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Tis mystery all the mortal dies who can explore his strange design. In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. Tis mercy all, let earth adore, let angels minds inquire no more. You know, when you read it like that, if someone's not familiar with the tune, it sounds kind of cold. Yeah. But boy, when you know where it's going with that music, it just pulls something out of your spirit. Yeah. It's amazing. So the history behind a lot of these hymns are amazing. You know, we think of just amazing grace. We're all familiar with the story mm. with that. Yeah. You know, how, how great uh, thou art also yeah, born in the midst of the storm. There may be some that are not familiar with um, the story of amazing grace. Uh, amazing grace. I found this online from uh, banneroftruth.org that they said it's certain, uh, and this is right from uh, John Newton who wrote the song back in 1779. He said, it is certain that I'm not what I ought to be, but blessed be God, I am not what I once was. God has mercifully brought me up out of the deep, miry clay, and set my feet upon the rock, Christ Jesus. He's saved my soul, and now it is my heart's desire to extol and to honor his matchless free, sovereign, and distinguishing grace, because by the grace of God I am what I am. It is my heart's great joy to ascribe my salvation entirely to the grace of God. And the history behind this, he was a slave trader. He was a slave to a black woman for some time. He was uh, on an island, and he had uh, he was saved from a, a friend of his father's who was a captain, found him on the island. And while he was on the boat, thinking that the boat was going to go down, uh, supposedly comes the story of the writing of Amazing Grace as a slave trader out into the waters thinking that all was lost. Huh. You know, It's and, a beautiful, beautiful story. And isn't story. it crazy? You hear that song sung by secular artists sometimes yeah. who have no connection. To well, in England, they thought Grace. Grace was the name of a woman. Oh. She was quite amazing. It's <laughs> no kidding. Really? No. Yes, true. <laughs> they did a survey. <laughs> if you heard Stop the song it. Amazing Grace was it about a woman. Well, Grace, quite amazing lady. Oh, boy. It's like thinking wisdom is a tooth, you know? <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, oh, yeah. So there are some good bands. You know, we mentioned Shane and Shane. We mentioned the Gettys. Casting Crowns, I think, is also They still amazing. around? Oh, yeah. They're still casting? Yeah, crowns? they're still casting the they crowns. They still have more crowns. But again, there's depth there. Oh, beautiful eulogy, Oscar. Yeah. Oscar introduced me to beautiful eulogy. They're fantastic. And again, such depth in their lyrics. City of Light, uh, Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music is great. Yeah, great stuff. Again, biblically grounded, theologically sound, and and geared toward worshiping the Lord. And, and who do we need him. to be careful of? Everything else, <laughs> basically. <laughs> do you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the generation we're talking about haven't got a clue what we're talking about when we talk of biblically sound hymns. Yeah. Because that's they never heard that sung in contemporary churches. It's always... Wah, 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 whatever. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. How does it go? <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could see Ray doing that. Why do you open your mouth like that? Right? <laughs> Sideways. <laughs> I was playing an electric guitar. That's what was going on. That's what it was. Yeah. Is it a different facial expression if it's, it's acoustic guitar? Oh, yes. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish people could see him. 
<laughs> well, friends, uh, I don't know about you, but my heart is is just welling up with worship right now, even just talking about this. And I want to encourage you and your family to, to just search out the hymns of old. There's so much there. And look into the types of groups like we talked about and fill your hearts and minds You can find hymns on, on YouTube. Oh, easily, Beautiful yeah. Beautiful stuff. Just do that. So thanks for joining us. Make sure, again, to go to livingwaters.com for our resources. Remember, Made in Heaven, A Man's Indiscriminate Stealing of God's Amazing Design by Ray. A beautiful book full of amazing photos of God's creation and how man replicates them. And uh, make sure to give us a rating and to leave a comment, to subscribe to the podcast, and to continue to pray for us, especially for these three guys. Oh, and uh, podcast at livingwaters.com. Please let us know topics, thoughts, ideas, and anything else. And now Mark's going to sing us out with his favorite tune. <laughs> sing us out, Mark. Sing us out. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that was my glorious voice, by the way, friends. See you next time here on the Living Waters Podcast. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters Podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Willen Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.